listener exclusive. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. It is Sunday, September 11th. Never, never forget. Uh, welcome to Two Guys, One Cup and AFL Jason podcast. My, the first tower of this podcast. My name is Will Anderson. Yeah. And I am the second tower, Charlie Clawson. <laughs> and I don't know if what's about to occur will be a disaster, but I think, Will, uh, with finals heating up, we're getting closer yes. to the big dance. We should go straight to the expert commentary, find out what the big brains in Aussie rules are thinking. So uh, podcast, Mike, can we get your take on this weekend's action? Yeah. Obviously, as we all know, we should reset that like 2023, 2022 <laughs> was going to be podcast Mike's big year of footy. But you know what? Some some things got in the way and the AFL, AFL had some AFL stuffed it up, Will. They lost they, a supporter. <laughs> lost a potential supporter. They just needed to get their act together a little bit more. Show podcast Mike that there was some future ahead. Like we have both been in his ear, like saying quite proudly, this may be the best ever season of football. And certainly <laughs> the finals are doing nothing to dissuade me from the fact that this is going to be one of the greatest seasons of football of all time. So podcast Mike, firstly, can I ask you this? Have you jumped on board this final series to have a little premature taste of 2023, your big year of football? I would have, but obviously huge week last week with the death of the Queen. I think <laughs> right. that oh, sort of takes yeah. a lot out of you. <laughs> yeah. And you're thinking about that and you uh -huh. you kind of, it's hard because you want to sit down and think about yeah. something else and watch the footy, but you just can't stop thinking about the Queen passing and how tragic that is. So you just don't end up watching any. So you just kind of catch it on the news and, and stuff and try to glean what you can. Well, obviously... Podcast, Mike. The, sorry, the, the Queen. The Queen's birthday uh, between um, Collingwood and sorry, Mike. Who's the other team that game's against? Uh, Essendon. No, yeah. it's Melbourne. Oh, but uh, Melbourne, yes, <laughs> good though. Good though. So I, I, I was thinking because Essendon is in Melbourne, so I thought. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, so, you're getting there. Sorry, we Charlie yeah. cut you off a little bit early. Yeah. You were yeah. almost oh, yeah, there. Sorry. I apologise. Uh, but tell me, Mike, uh, who, uh, what two teams do you think should be um, competing on the Queen's death day? Uh, uh, demons yeah, for demons. obvious reasons. <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> because uh, she's going to hell? Is that the no, obvious reason? No, demons are associated with death. Yeah. Um, I, I think so. I think that, so that's good. We're going, we're like, <laughs> hey, guys, I know there's a lot of consternation around whether we give her a minute of silence or respect the Indigenous players in the game, but how about if the demons play and the implication is she's definitely going to burn in hell? <laughs> is that a good compromise? <laughs> Um, and then maybe maybe Essendon yeah. 
same same reason bombers yeah bombers yeah is that yeah. just a, a, a hark back to the imperialism of the british empire the, well that's uh, right that's that how a lot of the colonialism took place in the first place wasn't it with the might of the british empire so and much like essendon a formerly great empire that has been nothing but uh enveloped in scandal and controversy for the last 15 years so that is good it's very on brand so, uh, Mike, on Friday, uh, mm. the Brisbane shocked the world yeah. and defeated the reigning champs in Melbourne. What was your, what was your take on that game? Oh, huge game because mm. obviously Melbourne reigning premieres. Yeah. You're Are you just repeating things. back exactly what I just said to you? <laughs> no, no, but I also, you expect... I mean, reigning. They're the reigning premiers and we've lost the person who reigned over us all in such a wonderful manner. Which is what I was about to say. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I thought it was, quite, it was fitting in a way. <laughs> mm. um, but... You know, you kind of, when you've looked at how the Lions have been playing all year, yeah. you're not surprised at a result like that because they've been playing so well. So you've got to give them, you've got to give them the credit. <laughs> can yeah, I, well, can, well, can I say this? By my standards, yeah. Can I ask <laughs> this, Mike? Yeah. Do you think if, you know, the, the Queen did affect the games on the weekend, that, 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 mm. it, that is, is it a coincidence that the team from Queensland were the oh, team yeah. that were actually victorious? Um. No, not re- well. I mean, you could make that connection, but I, I say it again: the way Brisbane's playing for the last few rounds and all those little—you can tell they've been analysing Melbourne's team in the coach's right. box, yeah. Or, or and you know, just yeah, it's clear that they had a plan. They followed that plan, and that brought them to the victory that day. Do you think their previous experience in games against Melbourne in any way factored into their plan coming into this game? I don't think about the game like that. I don't think about <laughs> previous games. I don't I don't like You just over- said that the way they've like been playing all season has led you to believe <laughs> yeah, that they but I don't like game. overanalyzing and getting into the semantics of the uh, gameplay. Right. Yeah, I just yeah, know yeah. Yeah. Like, you're, I know you're fitting well in this podcast. <laughs> and I know <laughs> like, and I know that Brisbane is a good team this year. So well, I think they, and you know, I did see on the news they're playing against the Cats mm. um, in the next finals round. So that could be, you know, that'll be, I guess, a cat fight, Lions versus Cats. That'll, <laughs> oh, be, that'll be huge. Yes. So Some real cat-on-cat cat action. <laughs> all I will say is I think we can look forward to some yeah. really big games in the next few weeks. Okay, what, what, what about, though, the other game? What we're, we're looking over, the, obviously, the other, you know, yeah. semi-final, of course, which mm. was uh, Collingwood versus... Fremantle? Yes, it? it was. Yeah, it yeah. was. That question yeah. mark instills me with a lot of confidence that you used <laughs> in that sentence. What did, you, what did you think? I think the last thing anyone wants is Collingwood to win the grand final. I think that's... You know, that would be terrible. But at the same time, you've got to you look back on how they've been playing this year and they if they win it if they do win it, you couldn't you really couldn't fault them. They've played no, so well. I wouldn't be surprised if it came down to Brisbane Collingwood in the grand final because both of those teams have just had such a great track record this season. Wow. What um was Collingwood's standout victory for the year for you? What was the one that really stands out amongst all their wins? Definitely this one against Colo. <laughs> I don't. I think you just that game was such a nail biter, and I think I don't know. Just watching it, you can't compare it to any. It's not even worth mentioning any of the other games this season yeah, because yeah. that one was just so good. Wow. So okay. yeah, I really liked it. Well, yeah. great, fantastic. Those are my thoughts, and yeah, I'm calling it now. Um, the grand final, probably Collingwood Brisbane. And I actually think Brisbane will win two goals. That's Mike's 
So you're the calling week. the grand final before the prelims ever been played. It's amazing yeah, confidence. I'm that, I'm <laughs> that confident. For the lowest rated team in the finals race, <laughs> you've called it. Two goals, Brisbane, grand final. Yeah. Uh, what oh did you God. think, Mike, just before we get to the actual, you know, uninformed football chat? Like uh, Joe Danaher, obviously, big weekend for Joe Danaher. Mm-hmm. What did I think about it? Yeah. I don't pay attention to the individuals. I only pay attention to teams. I don't get caught up in the drama of players, coaches, scandals, relationships. That's secondary to the game itself. So, yeah, I'm not – I won't comment on that. But the fact that he had to pull out on, like, the day before the game because his wife Mm. was, you know, having a baby. Do you believe in the principle of being there for your partner in that time? It's more important than, you know, important, you know, day at your job, game of football, or are you the sort of person who says, hang on, this is your job, this is your team, you've got to sacrifice for them? I think he should have played, yeah. if you want my <laughs> personal opinion. I think Gee, that's harsh. Because if you, you know, there are thousands of thousands yeah. of members who are paying good point, for yeah. you, your salary, essentially, yeah. and then what? You're having a baby, so you just yeah. don't show up that day. Right, you're right. No, I think that's right. pathetic to the fans. Yeah, in fact, I believe yeah. I believe that's the speech Joe Danher gave to his wife right before she threw a phone at his head. Yeah, hate Brisbane fans. Then sure. Well, that was another episode of Thank God You're Here with Podcast Mike. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Mike. Uh, and like Will nice. said, let's get into the uninformed footy chat and. Yes. Uh, uh, it all started on Friday night. Now, as I was watching this game unfold, which, you know, after last weekend, I thought I could not enjoy a game more, but I loved it. And I knew watching it as I watched the reigning premiers, the team that had put disappointing to bed, crash out in straight sets. I could think of one man who was possibly enjoying this moment more than me. Well, what was your take? I, I turned off my phone. I sat down and I was... <laughs> Got some mood light, lit a few candles, just turned the lights down. This is a time for self-care. Put on some, some satin pyjamas. Just be in the moment. Let's not wish this away. Let's not think into the future. Let's just sit in this a moment. It Look, I mean, other people's... I would like to live in a world where other people's disappointment doesn't bring me joy, right? Like, for me to be happy, I don't need other people to be unhappy. But... As I try to transition out of that as a way of looking at the world, like Melbourne losing can still be my happy place. Like there is Mm -hmm. something, it was such a great victory by Brisbane to like be so undermanned really and to like go into that game and just look look like they were going to get blown away. Like so much, so much against them, undermanned humiliated by that team only two weeks ago. And every other time they've played them recently, just humiliated. The MCG hoodoo, like there was so much against them. Like I honestly think that was one of the greatest final wins I can remember, like just just for that alone. But also, don't you reckon it felt like there was more Lions supporters at the G than Demons fans? Like is that just a case of demeanour or was there actually more Brisbane numbers representing, do you reckon? I don't think there was more, but they were louder. Louder, heaps louder. I mean, yeah, there still is, I think, a Fitzroy component. And because Brisbane have been so successful, it was easier to hang on to some of those, like, Lions fans. And I think they probably do 
Yeah, I think Sydney and Brisbane both try to do a good job with like res- respecting the fact that those clubs used to be Melbourne clubs and like looking after that supporter base. Well, it pays off on nights like that because yeah. however many of them travelled and however many of them actually just live in Melbourne, but it was like it was actually amazing. And as they started to work their way into the game, because Melbourne just should have. Should yeah, have put them away Should have put them away early. Like, come on, Charlie. Like, a game like this can't bring me more joy. Because they didn't just lose. They should have absolutely won. Like, they had it in the bag. And they, like, the other team was so undermanned. Like, so sh- coming in with a terrible finals record. Like, yeah, three weeks ago, people were talking about whether Chris Fagan would keep his job. And yeah. now... And, you know, they've got no, Dan that, Hurkacz. That, like, when say people, you mean me. <laughs> Charlie, me. I, was the I, one saw, I was being nice to you. <laughs> Charlie, the Cameron Ling of this podcast was calling for Chris Fagan to be sacked. Like, uh, and now it's just, it's amazing. It's like, it's so, it was so fun. Well, I am on the lines now. Like I was looking for a team to support through the final series and I love it. I love this story. It's mainly, it's Chris Fagan. It's 90 90, 90% Chris Fagan driven and 10% the players. Like, you know, I like Joe Janaher. I like Charlie Cameron. Dane Zorko, Yeah, no, no, fair enough. I think that's – like, like, but, I mean, Lockie Neal is amazing. And Incredible that game, player. that Jared Berry game in the second half was like – On the best player in the AFL. And a guy who just every time you watch them, even when they haven't been playing well, you're like, you just can't stop him. He's just too good yeah. at playing footy. Like it doesn't matter what yeah. you do. He's just going to keep getting the footy. And then for Jared Berry to go, like he'd been great in the first half, Oliver. Mm. And Berry had done fuck all, to be honest, in the first half. And then went on and played one of the, not just like m- made sure that Oliver's impact on the game was lessened, but like to play one of the best halves of final football that anyone has like played, I just thought it was. I didn't know that Jared Berry was capable of that. It was hard to put your finger on like what was His going eye? on for Melbourne on because Clayton Oliver's eye. No, it was <laughs> easy, real Oliver's easy, eye. real easy to find the eye. It turned out. But I don't, I, I don't think Melbourne were lacking in the contest. Like, you know, Christian Petrarca was doing some pretty incredible things, especially for a guy with a broken leg. I mean, his first half until he, you could tell he like got sore and sore as the game went on. Yeah. But his first half was magnificent. It's, but it just felt like after halftime, all those 50-50 contests were just going the lion's way. And it was almost like the psychological burden shifted. In the first half, it was Brisbane with the psychological burden of this team bullies us, we can't win at this ground, you know, we don't have Joe Danaher to kick to. And then you saw the psychological burden shift in the second half where Melbourne were like, we can't break away from these dudes. We keep missing goals. Did they have like, was it six straight points or something they kicked? And real gimmies a lot of them and then you just felt that pressure build and it was like you know the telltale heart for the demons just knocking at the basement door just like disappointing disappointing and like you much like you there was a lot of schadenfreude every time they cut to the mcc members and you'd see someone there with their designer specs on in their collared shirt you know one of those gray head ladies with their hair like stylishly quiffed looking very anxious i'm like yes <laughs> more of these cutaways i'm loving it you know the only people this was a good week for when it comes to melbourne supporters was those guys who broke every covid regulation to go to Perth to yeah. see the grand final like they were right they knew they yeah. were like you know what i'm happy to do some jail time and pay a big fine because i might not get to see this again next year and so we mentioned the crowds before and they were like very vocal the lions fans and i've got to say like 
I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, Harrison Petty, so last time they played, Harrison Petty and Dane oh, Zorko had that run in. You know, it was <laughs> widely considered that Dane Zorko was the aggressor, but just yeah. listen to how the Brisbane fans treat Petty. Petty in best marking position there. So Harrison Betty uh, takes the ball, takes a mark in the back line and is getting like roundly booed yeah. by the Brisbane fans like his cheeky Jack. Now, I've heard the saying, don't blame the victim. Right. <laughs> this takes it to a completely new level, right? Well, it did feel a bit weird, didn't it? I'm like, I'm all for supporting your team. But I think the whole story out of that was that perhaps there'd been other things said on the field. That's what Zorko said later on in the weekend. So maybe... The Brisbane fans, but that wasn't are attributed like, to Harrison Petty, was no, it? No, not as far as I said. Not as far as I know. No, it wasn't, and that's why. Like again, I'm trying to like see it from the Brisbane crowd's perspective, but no, I don't think he can. I don't think he can boo him. And like Lincoln McCarthy, when he did the little crying motion at him, was <laughs> I was like, what is going on? This is. Not what you're meant to do. This is the Brisbane Lions, though. This is the club uh, coached by Lee Matthews who once, uh, in describing, you know, why Nick Revolt wasn't considered like, you know, the elite of the elite, was like, well, I think it has to do with that footage of him crying on the bench. You know? Like, mm-hmm. so when clearly Lethal has instilled this sense of, this sense of like uh, 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 old school masculinity yeah. in the Lions players, which is uh, extended to the culture of the club to now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like most clubs in the AFL are like, no, we like to see our players cry. It's like we're in touch with like these modern day players in this new environment and Lee Matthews is just going around Brisbane going, you boo at that crying motherfucker. That guy cried <laughs> in the middle of an AFL game. You boo him. Uh, now the, the the climax for the game for me, like the the what put it beyond doubt was um, uh, uh, Jake Lever yes. and his massive brain wow. fight uh, just before the end of the game uh, went a bit like this. That was one of the more bizarre things I can remember happening on a football field. Like first. The reaction, like when he kind of got pinged for holding the ball, where he does that little like bouncing pirouette, and like huffs and puffs, like Veruca Salt. <laughs> then like it was like the closest. It was like river dance meets a tantrum. Like it was yeah. like it was quite but impressive. Really? Like, are you doing this for TikTok? Like, what is going on? But then, as the father of a toddler, uh, yeah. I know what a slow walk is. Like that is a bath time. Come on. No, no, no more bluey. Come to walk to the bath. They like the slumped shoulders, the head down, like, all right, I'll give the ball back. I'm going to give the ball back. And this slow walk, and it was like, I mean, they were at that stage, I think there was like still three minutes to go. They were very much in the game. And he went and took a shot from the boundary line 40 metres out to being a goal, like a certain goal. It was fucking crazy. And again, all I could think was, I bet Will is loving this. Oh, I couldn't believe it was Jake Lever. Because he's their leader down there. Like, he's the one who never stops talking, never stops directing. For him to lose it in that moment, like, it was a 50-50 free kick. But there was enough in it to go, like, it wasn't the biggest howler of all time. And you've just got to know in that circumstance what is coming. Like, you were… Well, if you think about the Carlton game… Two, you know, the two rounds to go when Melbourne were down against Carlton and then Carlton, like, fucked it up. The person who initiated that victory was Jake Lever. He was the one who kept control of the back line, yeah. made sure that the ball was switched inboard so they could run down and rush it for that winning goal. 
And then, <laughs> like only three weeks later, the same cool, calm general of the defence mm. just does this little crazy little pirouette tantrum. Is there any chance that at three-quarter time, Brisbane have kidnapped the real Jake Lever and replaced him with a Jake Lever lookalike for this very scenario? Um, is there a Jake Lever lookalike? I mean, what do you mean? They, they, how did, where did this Jake Lever lookalike come no, from? Brisbane have got him before the game. They've like smuggled right. him into the. They spent all year, yeah, developing all year training him a up. Jake yeah. Lever look lookalike, right? Like yeah. to only be employed in this emergency situation, right? How did they get? How did they? Where, what happened to the real Jake? Where did he go? Well, he's run off at three quarter time, and just like he's been, they've hit him over the head. <laughs> well, like look, they stuffed him in one of the lockers. <laughs> I was kind of thinking like formaldehyde or whatever it is, like you know when they put like right. the, whatever yeah, it right. is over people's faces that they breathe it in. Yeah. So like you know somebody chloro. Something. Deep hate, just hate some deep hate. Yeah, okay, so somebody just <laughs> gets a jock strap and some deep hate and just jams it over his face and the deep hate gets in his moustache and he gets knocked out. So, okay, so they get... Right, yeah. And they bring in fake Jake Lever for this situation. I mean, I think it's unlikely. I mean, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to like uh, uh, limit the, the conspiracy audience of this, this this show. Would that be a terrible tech? Are you saying like, would that be a te- like if you go like, I can't stop this player, we can't stop Lockie Neal, or we can't stop whoever it is? I just think that like of all the prominent twins in the AFL, the Mackays, the Kings, like you know, yeah, but but the, <laughs> you choose this but the point is, you don't need this guy to be as good as. Jake Lever, right? In fact, the whole point is that right. he's not as good as Jake Lever. You're only employing – he's like I a – I guess cam- Jake Lever is he, – he has kind of a generic exactly, face, right? right? You put like, a moustache on any tall guy and he's Jake Lever. Yeah. I I mean, to be honest, to me, it's like a to- Jake Lloyd, Jake, Jake yeah. Lever, tomato, tomato as far as I'm concerned. Right. Might as well be the same guy. Could well be the same guy. Could okay, well so be the same guy. We get Jake guy. Lloyd. Yeah. We oh, get brilliant. Jake Lloyd. <laughs> I mean, the Swans don't want to face the demons in a prelim. Maybe yeah. that's what they do. They send uh, they send Jake Lloyd down to take Jake Lever's place. I heard that Jake Lloyd hasn't actually signed his contract yet. He's he's out of contract at the end of the season, and they haven't done a deal with Jake Lloyd yet. Which means, he's looking to play like, imagine if Jake Lloyd end, ended up at one of our clubs. Amazing. Like, would that be the first time ever though that we both followed a team and couldn't identify one of the players? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, now, after the game, uh, two guys, one cum, cum, two guys, one Ooh. cup. That was, <laughs> All right, that's sure. a different podcast. Okay. <laughs> 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 that's, that's hashtag. <laughs> we'll just get us some Twitter, get us some online traction. <laughs> just a few people clicking on this video being very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, did, what did Jared Healy call the Gold Coast Suns? Was it the... The, uh, the Gold Coast... No, Gold... Did he call them the Gold... Podcast Mike, if if it's possible, can you Google Jared Healy um, Gold Coast Suns gaff or yeah. something like that? And, and grab, it should grab come the audio. Up and grab the audio and, and we can play it later. We'll yeah. put a pin in that. But if we find the audio later, we'll come back to Jared Healy. Yeah, so we had um, uh, Charlie Cameron uh, interviewed mm. after the game. And look, it occurred to me, as much as we have featured him on this show and specifically reading from his Twitter bio, I'd never actually yeah. heard from him. So imagine my surprise, Will, when the man that we know best as the guy who does enigmatic three-word tweets right. 
had so much to say in a post-game interview. Listen to this. Charlie, when's the last time you were on at the MCG? Uh, I think about 2016. Uh, Demon since the, uh, since the 2017 Grand Final, so I haven't won since then, but unbelievable. Thanks to everyone, all the line supporters and Melbourne Prince supporters coming out tonight. Um, unbelievable bar. <laughs> Against the odds, eh? I mean, you couldn't squeeze more words okay, in now, can, if you can tried. You, can, can you now play that at regular speed? <laughs> <laughs> What? It was astounding. Oh, and that was like, that was one of like three different clips I could have played where it's like, he strings, hey, why Why is he so like uh, 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 economical on Twitter? But then in his like real life, he's so verbose. I've got the uh, Jared Healy audio if you'd like to hear it. Okay, fantastic. You know what? Let's uh, go to the Jared Healy audio and then we'll um, just check in on Charles. Uh, Charles, Charles Cameron's, uh, Charles Ranger's uh Twitter and see what he's been up to. The demons were all the rage, a lot of pressure on Mark Neal, obviously. But through the week, there has been a lot of uh, interest in the Gold Suns, and they're, the Gold Suns, and they are going to start favourites. <laughs> That's one of the best ever. I don't think I've ever heard that before. <laughs> uh, easy to do. <laughs> if a journalist of Jared standing could uh, misspeak that's like what that, makes then. it that's what makes it so funny is that it's, it's Jared Healy like he, <laughs> he's just such an older respected member of the football community <laughs> for him to just <laughs> it's brilliant it's so good uh, okay so I've gone to uh, Twitter uh, Charlie has not been tweeting uh, very regularly um so uh, I will go back to uh, August 26th. Um, <clears throat> Three-word tweet, pretty standard. If I, if I was going to say this is your standard Charles Cameron tweet, what is it? Um, go Storm. Okay, three words. So uh, you, you've got let's two go, of the, you've got let's, two, let's go Storm. Let's go Storm. Yes, let's go Storm. Correct. I think that is that, is that a pinned tweet? I feel like that's every time you <laughs> no, check in. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so on September the 5th, mm. somebody, Joel Duncan, has um, uh, posted uh, like oh, something that has actually been deleted now. Um, but Charles uh, has uh, retweeted it with a comment. Who's Joel Duncan? Um, so who knows? Oh, Some, okay. Somebody. Right. Somebody made some joke. About Charlie Cameron, but like in like in a positive way. It's okay. not like a, not like a negative joke. It's like okay. something about the bag of goals he kicked. Right. And so Charlie's retweeted it, but added a little comment to the top. So someone sent Charlie a complimentary funny message, yeah. and what has he written above it? LOL. Oh yes, you are good at this, by the way. It's not LOL, <laughs> but you are definitely Ruffle. right in the zone. Uh, what, okay, so you've you, Ruffle no. LOL. What's the third one you haven't done of those? Jeez, uh, what's a LOL ruffle? What's what, what's another yeah. one? Um, um, I don't know. What I don't. I don't. What's the other one? Ha ha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With an emoji? No, ha ha. Just ha ha. And then like the joke. Ha ha. <laughs> no, there's two more words. Ha ha. Love it. Love it. <laughs> now, uh, the good news is we've got a fresh tweet. So. Three hours ago, I know oh, what Charlie Chris. was doing. Yeah. So three hours ago, Charlie was sitting down right. to watch a um, to watch an NRL game. Okay. So from from his tweet, I can't actually tell you which NRL game it is, but I can tell you it was 
an NRL game. So what do you think his three-word tweet says? Come on, ref. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be more creative. Uh, um, so it, I can definitely tell you it's an NRL game uh, that he's talking about. Okay, what what a what a try. Okay, you're missing the clue that I'm trying to give you, which is <laughs> like he's definitely watching an NRL game of some kind. Okay. Um, the uh, 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 st- go storm. Let's go storm. Something about the storm. Okay. All right. So there's three words. Two of them are NRL and game. So right. the entire tweet is this NRL game. End tweet. <laughs> Send tweet. No more details. This NRL game. Uh, what? Do you, do you is think- good? Is bad? Is like what? I reckon he doesn't operate his own Twitter account. I reckon he's palmed it off to someone because that is not the guy we just heard being interviewed. Mike, can you just play the Charlie Cameron interview again? Because I cannot square <laughs> these two things up in my mind. Charlie, when's the last time you were on at the MCG? Uh, I think it was like 2016. Well, I've been since the, uh, since the 2017 Grand Final. So I haven't won since then, but unbelievable. Thanks to everyone for all the lines. All the Melbourne coming out tonight. Um, unbelievable, brother. Against the odds, eh? <laughs> that is not this NRL game. That is like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. He signed off with uh, like four words. That's more than he tweets. Like that was his sign off. His goodbye. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Uh, now, Will, um, uh, last yes. night uh, the other game was the uh, Pies, Magpies defeating the Fremantle Dockers, mm-hmm. which has been a was a rare underwhelming game um, for the final series. Never really felt like they were going to get headed the Magpies. Collingwood kept them in it. Like Collingwood just – if they kicked they, straight in a, yeah. a few times in the game, there was a moment in that final quarter where it felt like, oh, maybe. They kicked three in a row. Yeah. But it was they, – they'd got themselves to such a commanding lead that they could afford to take their foot off the gas. But it is a real um, uh, advantage being uh, Collingwood coming to this final series. A, that crowd – like, poor Frio. Like, I actually felt bad I for Frio. I felt bad for the players. I felt bad for the supporters who must have been at the ground because they were so overwhelmed. I saw Nick Dacos being interviewed about um, the crowd size and he goes, it was just amazing. There was like 90,000 Collingwood supporters. And then he goes, oh, well, I guess maybe they weren't all Collingwood supporters. And then he just kind of paused and moved on because he knew they were all Collingwood supporters. <laughs> there was like a 1,000 Frio supporters. I mean, it was so amazing to watch. And they played the, they played the MCG so often. That it's mm-hmm. got to be an advantage. Like the way they use the ground. They were, I mean, it, again, it sticks in my throat to say, but Collingwood are so good to watch. I just love their kind of, it's almost Richmond of 2017, the knock the ball yeah. on at all costs. And, just keep going. Just yeah, keep going forward. Keep, yeah. They, and and, the, and the, like I think about my team and when we switch to play, it is the slowest, most no. telegraphed fucking transition in the world. Like we switch to play and the opposition just move across. When Collingwood do it, it is like, yeah. They zigzag, like the ball just pings from one side to the other and then they just put it in the corridor and then everyone just runs forward and it's awesome to watch. Uh, When in trouble, either give it to the guy who's been playing here for 15 years (laughs) who still just seems to move in slow motion or give it to the 19-year-old child who has never made a mistake in his disposal in football. Like his capacity to just except every situation, like to be in that final in his Mm. first year of football and to be one of the most important players on the ground, not in one of those a kid has a day out of the box, but just that you can rely on him. Rely on, yeah. You can just rely on him. You relax. 
right? He gets the he gets, he gets a handball yeah. receiving the halfback. You're like, oh, he'll he'll do something with this. Like yeah. he's just it's just the way his brain works too. Like he just sees options that other people don't, and he makes like the best decisions. Like it's it's astounding to watch, but. Also, like, they're in this vein of form now where even Mason Cox, did you see that goal he kicked where he just had, like, perfect body position, just bumped his opponent off the ball, collected the spill, the crumbs. And, I mean, if Dwayne had been commentating, it would have been crumb of the year again. (laughs) Crumb of the year too because, like, it was so exciting. But it's like Mason Cox, what, 11 weeks ago was, like, thinking he was never going to play football again. And now, like, he potentially could be a premiership player. It's it's, it's crazy to contemplate. And he's got another contract. And the thing you got to say about Meso is that he's he's got big game potential. Mm. Like he's the sort of player that can genuinely, when he has one of those days out on the big stage, can make a difference. And I thought he was, I mean, you could tell even with the commentators, I, I don't think there's ever a player that is more divisive mm. when it comes to like the commentary around him than Mason Cox. I think originally the old boys footy club was so offended by the idea so of this like American coming here and like not just like coming here and wanting to play our game, but also having like, you know, his attitude, a bit of that American cocky, like yeah. cocky, you know, fun, like, you know, kind of. And he has carved himself out a very, very tidy AFL career. Like, take out the fact that, you know, his story, which is remarkable in of itself, and we've talked about that before. But his career now is, he's played enough good games in big moments to go, look back and go, you know, I I did that. I played at the top level. And the commentators, I don't know if, during the game, they just, it's so hard for them to say something nice about him. Yeah. They're just like, oh, you know, he's, look, he isn't marking them all, but he's, having a good impact tonight, well, I guess. Well, you could get it. Like, I mean, it'd be like you going to an open mic, sitting in the audience of an open mic, and some guy just gets up, has never done comedy yeah. before, and just kills it. And then two weeks later gets given a TV show. Although, I guess that's just reality TV, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's how reality TV works. Someone with absolutely no training or experience or expertise yeah. gets given, given a, a breakfast job. radio job, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's awesome, mate. He is awesome, though, isn't he? I, I like. I, I just checked his Twitter today, and the thing that always amazes me as well is like his level of engagement is huge. I guess yeah. that comes with playing for one of the you know the biggest clubs, but like people in the comments, like they just love to come after him, and I don't get it. Like he he wrote a fairly reasonable tweet about um, today about oh, okay, yeah. so you know Prince Charles is now the king. I find it weird that you know we just immediately. You know, defer, I guess it's from the system I come from. And the comments, mate, the comments. It's always like this close to we grew here, you flew here. Like that's where the people are heading with their the kind of dislike of him and like or they'll point to like, well, at least we don't shoot kids in schools with guns. It's like, oh my God, everyone's just chill for a second. Also, Mason's an Australian now. He chose to be here. Like he and I no, I think he's great for the game. He's a great presence around the game, like, and his contribution and perspective on the game. Like, even the fact that he clearly watches other games and tweets about the fact that he's watching other games and, like, oh, yeah, I just think he's been incredible for the game. And I I, I am wrapped that he is, <laughs> like, that it's working out again for him. It, but this is, like, you yeah. know what I love as well is it's like, this is why it's so hard because, yes, you want to hate Collingwood, but... <laughs> Like, They're so likable. How fun was it to watch 
Ginevan and Mason Cox play the crowd like they were an orchestra. Yeah. Like it wasn't just that there was 90,000 of them there, but that the coach lets them, you know, really wave to the crowd, like bring them into it. And I just think that's, it's so entertaining. It's so good for the game. I mean, is Craig McRae coach of the year? Has to be. I mean, for me, he is. Like, I don't know. I mean, who else would it be? Brad Scott? Oh, no, Brad, definitely Brad Well, Chris. yeah, Brad, I mean, it'd be a controversial choice. But <laughs> well, he works the AFL Brad. now. He can, he, he can make himself Jobs for the boys. coach for life, <laughs> coach of the year for life. Yeah. Oh, you're the premiership coach, are you, Chris? Oh, well, it turns out I'm coach of the year. So anyway, still the best now, who, does, who does mum love more now? Yeah. Uh, it was interesting though, like we've we've really missed the Dwayne Russell influence in the commentary. Right. Not a lot to support on. But Hamish McLaughlin, I, I needed to get your input on this. There mm. was a bit of play um, where Jamie Elliott uh, put in a really good con- uh, put in a really good contest, won the ball, kicked a goal, and, and Hamish had this to say. Elliott loves to solve a problem or two. They had a problem, had no one else. Elliott's got a couple. He's on fire. Elliott loves to solve a problem or two. Now, is that like – now, podcast, Mike, you might have to get on this. Is that like a reference mm. to the musical Billy Elliot? I'm assuming Jamie Elliot's nickname is Billy, right? That's the first place my head goes. And Yeah, it's, that is definitely his nickname. Is there a song in Billy Elliot about having to solve a problem or two? I mean, isn't Billy Elliot uh, – isn't Billy Elliot about like a boy who wants to be a ballet dancer and he's like working class he works dad in a mine. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. It was just a strange – unless like – is there something else that he could be referring to? Like is Jamie Elliott like the Adam Spencer of AFL players? Like is he a mathematician? He loves loves problem solving, loves an aqua- – he's like the goodwill right. hunting. Like if you go into a Lexus centre one day, you'll just sort of see him standing at the blackboard just filling it with equations. Or maybe is he like more like a Vanilla Ice style character and if you've got a problem, yo, yo you'll, you'll solve, solve it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got anything podcast, Mike, on uh, Billy Elliott the musical? I can't find any songs from Billy Elliot the musical that imply anything that he just said. Yeah, and by the way, like it would have to be like a good reference. Like, I mean, there'd have to be like, like you know, obviously memory from Cats or whatever. Yeah, Billy Elliot's hardly uh, like a, a, a really well-known musical. Yeah, like, I mean, you could say like he, you know, spun out of that pack balletically like Billy Elliot or whatever. Like he danced around the ball like Billy Elliot. Mike, just, Mike, can you just can you just Google go Google Longhouse? Go Google Spoonerisms tonight. Can you Google he likes to solve a problem yeah. or two and just see what comes up, like if there's some other literary or song reference. But it's gonna bug me. Um so if you uh if you know what it is and you wanna let us know, you can uh, contact us at two guys one cup AFL on Instagram and Twitter. Here's well. what I'm gonna say. That we we've got Dwayne Brain, yeah. right? Like we're looking for a hidden meaning in something that it, has right. no hidden meaning. We're yeah, like, what's yeah. the reference, man? What's the reference? But we're like, we're not watching Lost. Dwayne Russell is the lost of like commentary. There's like references all over the place, puzzles that you need to unwrap. But I think Hamish is more your straight ahead. Hamish is like law and order, you know? Mm. It's just like always on, right? It's fine. Like, you know, yeah. it's good to have on in the background. Um, now, it was the last game for uh, uh, oh. beloved Freo player uh, David Mundy, um, and he got to score a goal in his final game, which sounded a bit like that this. That was pretty great. Out of the middle come the Fremantle Dockers. Brody got a handball to Mundy. Perhaps his last goal in football. Oh. Mundy's nailed it. Got it. David Mundy in game 376. Gets a lot of congratulations from his teammate because I think they know 
what is about to end. And Fremantle get one back. 7-4-46 to Collingwood 11-12-78. Yeah, it was great, I mean, to see. Like, it would have been great if he had a win. It was great that he got a goal at the end. But I didn't realise he was 37. Like, I knew he was old. But that's older than I thought. Like, that's an insane amount of time to be a professional footballer. Like, I think I saw him interviewed. He said 18 years, the last 18 years of his life, he's been playing professional football. I mean, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Like, that's half of his life, half of his adult life, he's been a professional footballer. But it was, did you see that lovely moment with his kid on yeah, the ground? in the rooms. After yeah. the game? His kid, was, I hope father-son, because he has perfect Western Australian hair. Like, he's keeping the tradition a lot. <laughs> okay, can I say this, speaking of Western Australian hair, I think we've overlooked somebody. And when I say we, I mean I have overlooked this person. So Alex Pierce mm. has always appeared to me on the field. From the look of him on the field, I've always like absolutely pegged him as a bit of like a hard nut. Like he looks like, you know, tough, right? Mm. Like he look, and he plays tough mm. and he looks like a bit of a rough, tough looking dude. Toughy. And then, tough boy. And then I, he's a bit of a tough boy. <laughs> I've always found him a bit scary. <laughs> he looks to me like a bit of a tough boy. But he's got that, you know, he's got that look of like, do you remember that show Beauty and the Beast? Yeah. And there was that like. <laughs> the, the monster. <laughs> Played by uh, Hellboy. What's his name? Um, so, uh, Sons of Anarchy guy. Ron Perlman. Yeah, so Ron Perlman was the beast in Beauty and the Beast. And he, he he's always had that sort of vibe to me. And then I saw him interviewed because he's the, the standing captain mm. for Fremantle at the moment. And so I saw him on AFL 360 during the week. Have you ever seen Alex Pierce interview? No. Oh, my God. So firstly, the interview, hair down. Yeah. Like, so beard, hair down, looks completely different. I'm like, that's no tough boy. I'm not scared of this guy. He's not a tough boy at all. He 100% is like, I'm in Tame Impala. Right. Like, surfy. Yeah. Like, but that new Western Australian yeah. Tame Impala style surf vibe. Yeah, like, probably that's makes you. craft beer in his shed. Right. Yeah. That's your next generation, David Mundy. The old... Curly head Western Australian yeah. David Mundy. That's that's a relic. The of just the past. jeans, the, shark's tooth necklace yeah. surfer gone. No more shell yeah. necklaces. Nothing. No, this is like waist length men's hair. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, beard, tame impala vibe. Yeah, and I think that would definitely be a Bob Murphy influence as well. Don't you reckon? Like Bob Murphy would be over there saying, rather than like get your hair cut short, yeah. sizes, grow that hair out, grow that hair out, Johnson. Brayshaw, I want to see sideburns. <laughs> they probably went to Bob Murphy and said, who do you think the standing captain should be? And he goes, the guy who looks like he's in UMI. Yeah. What, give him a go. <laughs> now, Will, a very special uh, pocket profile this week. Hit it, Mike. Whether it's Jake Lloyd or Tony Lockett, it's time for Pocket Profile Pocket. And I say it's special, Will, because a lot of people have sent this in to us and it was very timely about three weeks ago, but we've been sitting okay. on it because there's been so much finals action to discuss. This is a pocket profile from the 80s of a certain North Melbourne young gun called Alastair Clarkson. Ah, beautiful. (laughs) Now, um, it's only like a a partial pocket profile, so it's going to be a bit of a mini pocket profile, but we've been running long anyway, so I think this will fit in nicely before we get to our letters. Um, Okay, so what is Alastair Clarkson's middle name? begins with a T. Mm. Timothy. Thomas. 
Bad start. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> um, where is his birthplace? Um, uh, and if you want a clue, just say, can I have a clue? Can I have a clue? I just gave it to you. Oh, is that the clue? Yeah. Is the clue can I asking can I have a clue? Yeah, no, I said if you want a clue, say can I have a clue? Yeah. Uh can 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 I <laughs> Can I Can I can I <laughs> He's from Caniva, correct. Um all right, what posse did Clarko play? Do you remember this? Uh, this is more of this, this is a bit of a uh, half back play, back pocket. No, okay. This will might make it easy for you. Back in the day when we used to play footy, this was a common rotation that you would play two positions. Uh, forward pocket, ruck rover. Yeah, Forward pocket, rover. Yes, yes, correct. They don't really do that anymore, do they? Like, no. And always back pocket was always where you put the rover who'd lost a yard or two. (laughs) So, like, when your career starts, (laughs) your forward pocket till you get your tank ready, then you go full-time midfield, and then when you've run out a bit of a gas, they put you in the back pocket. That was the old school way. And I guess the equivalent of now in modern footy is they take, like, a pendles or something like that and they put them on a half-back flank where they can read the play and distribute the ball. I was uh, when I the the peak of my football career when I came third in the under 19s league best and Ferris when I was like 14 or whatever. <laughs> great spur. My one great season of football. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was playing in the back pocket like as the backup ruckman. Oh, right. So like I would like back pocket and then like backup ruckman. That, was that is a risky position. tactical move to put a lumbering over. <laughs> I wasn't lumbering then. Really? I was like a gazelle. You were like a young yeah, Eric Kimmer. I became a lumbering I was, Yeah, very, yeah, exactly, in reverse. <laughs> I was like Benjamin Button in it. By the way, can I, we, I know we didn't really like stop and talk about Eric Hipwood, but Great game. That's, that's as good a game as I've seen him play. Yeah. I thought it was like, he was he needed to play that well for them to win and he he did. It was really good to watch. Special mention from that broadcast too of uh, Rui, Nick Revolt, Backing up his fashion choice from the week before, he cops oh, so much it. shit for that skivvy and jacket combo, and then he backed it up with a different coloured skivvy this week. <laughs> Mate, what has happened? Like, I love him. Like, I just was nonplussed by Rui when he was playing football. Like, I knew he was a champion football, but oh, I thought he was like a bit boring. And he is fun and yeah. funny, and like he's got a really good sense of humour about himself. I was, I heard him on. Um, like one of the Triple M shows over the weekend, The Rub or, um, you know, yeah. one of the weekend shows. And he was talking about the fact that he'd just been at his kids' footy match and they'd, um, they'd won the premiership and one of the other fathers had made his kid come over and go, said to him, and he said his kid probably didn't know what he was really saying, but like someone else had worded him up and his kid come over and he goes, well, it's good to have at least one premiership in the family, Dad. <laughs> And he said the worst thing is that his wife is the coach. And so actually there's a premiership coach and a premiership player in the family and then him. And I was like, I never expected I would hear. Oh, and then they said, oh, so your wife was the coach. And they said, what's your role? And he goes, ah, I'm going to do Mad Monday. I'm going to arrange the the party. The party. like, he goes, I've got experience doing that. I'm like, what is going on with Nick Rewell? Have, did you, you would have heard the interview you did with Howie. That's an awesome, awesome interview. And like the first, like, I think it's a two-parter and the first half is like just like a book report where the two just exchange their favourite books. And I'm like, this is amazing. Uh, all right. How tall do you think Clarko is? And this surprised me. Uh, surprised you because he's shorter than what you would thought? Shorter or, than I would have yeah. thought. Short for an thought, AFL player. I would have shorter thought he than was me. short. So I'm 178 centimetres. Okay, How tall right. do you think Clarko is? Um, 174 centimetres. 176. 
how many kilos do you think he packs in that tiny little frame? Very tight little frame. Uh, yeah, 80? No. Less. Uh, 74. 76. Mm-hmm. Does Clarko <laughs> drink alcohol? Oh, interesting. Now, my clue is it's not a yes or no. It's a enigmatic answer. I mean, I guess it is a yes, but it's an, an, an enigmatic yes. It might be the way someone who is being playful might playfully respond when they say, hey, uh, you want to drink? Do you, hey, do you drink? You might go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 on, on, a, on occasion, don't mind. Yeah, yes, say, exactly. Yeah, okay. Occasionally. 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 Oh, yeah, on occasion. <laughs> um, do you smoke? Oh. I love that they even asked that question back in the day. That's (laughs) amazing. It's not why. (laughs) Back when Benson and Hedges. I'm going to say that Clargo didn't smoke. He did. He doesn't. Yeah, that would be a sign of weakness in his mind, even back then, I reckon. Um, Okay, so he played for three clubs. We already know about Caniva. Give me, well, just guess one. So the the first club he gives is Canaver. The last one is Clarendon College. And then there's a Victorian country town jammed in the middle there. Famous Mm. footy town. Oh. Produced a lot of footballers. Okay. Um, uh, St Kilda actually had a very – St Kilda was was in the 80s. We mined this town for three champions. Ballarat. Um, Was Clarko married – in the mid eighties, mm. well, there is a Mrs. Clarkson, isn't there? So, yeah. uh, he might have been. He might have been an early marrier, but I'm going to say no. No, correct. Um, occupation. Mm. So now, he had a job. No, he had. Okay. He had. He did something that occupied his time. I think he was studying. Description. He was studying, which is good. That I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, he was. He's always, always, he's always been studying. That's his thing. Clark studying. A loves yeah. to study. Um, what was his nickname? Uh, Clarko? No. Yeah, interesting. More a play on his first name. What, he gives two answers. One is a yeah. is a variation of Alastair, a shortening mm. of Alastair, and the other uh, one is, I don't even know where it's come from. All right, you, uh, so Al? Al. The second one is... Um, <laughs> um, I don't even know how to give you a clue for this. Okay. No, I, I can't even think. It's Addis. I can't think of how I can. Okay. Addis. A-double-D-I-S. Addis. I, don't, I can't think of one clue for Addis. What does Clarko like? And this is perfect. Okay. What does Clarko like? What does Clarko like doing? What do you know about Clarko? Playing one guitar? Word. No, oh, one oh, word answer. Uh, Clarko competing. loves. Even more than that. Winning. Clarko Winning. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Got some good news for you, 1980s Clark. Yeah. Eh? You're going to fucking have a lot of it. <laughs> you, Charlie Sheen, both winning. <laughs> Dislikes. Losing. Correct. <laughs> and uh, this next one, he gives two answers. So losing. And the second one could probably give us an insight as why he didn't go to the bombers. Uh, injecting programs. S- no. <laughs> Short-sighted boards. No, <laughs> it's more about um, it, it's people associated. It is the foundation in which clubs are built. Uh, history. No. Um, yeah. It's a group of people at every uh, club. A board, management. No, I think a lower uh, level. 
uh, boot studders, trainers. No, lower than that. Co- no. oh, like supporters. The supporters. Sp- he hates fickle supporters. Fickle oh, supporters. Okay. You reckon that's, do you reckon he was like for a bit of foreshadowing 30 years before he's offered the Essendon job? Man, it does seem a bit on the front foot, doesn't it? You know, I hate yeah. fickle supporters. <laughs> Mate, that's what supporters are, fickle. <laughs> that's right. I mean, they really are. I actually, I don't know, I think just on one of my feeds, like a, a Bulldogs post came up after your loss last week and I just clicked on it to see what the Bulldog supporters were saying. And they were irate and Bevo can't coach and this team's fucked and blah, blah, Shut blah, up. and trade this and trade that. Shut exactly. Up. That's what I was thinking. Shut even up. After the, even after the Melbourne loss, like, you know, just the Demon supporters, fucking Goodwin sacked them and did I'm like, didn't you guys win a flag like 12 months ago? I mean, I'm sorry, but like, we, we had not the best season, but we didn't have a terrible season. And yes, there's things that we need to fix, but like, shut up. Like, shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Everyone just shut up. <laughs> shut up. That should be Bevo's address at the best and fairest. Just gets up, Firstly, opens his paper, and just goes, <clears throat> shut, shut up. up. And just his paper and steps <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what was his most memorable match? It was a premiership with one of his former clubs. Uh, Which one? With Clarendon. Kniver. Yeah. Premiership in 1985. Yeah. What's his biggest thrill in football? Um, playing his first AFL game, a BFL game. Well, yeah, playing, play, representing North Melbourne. Uh, his biggest disappointment relates to his dislikes. Uh, some game they lost, some big game they lost. Lost the under-19 grand final in 1986 and the elimination final in 1987. Um, his toughest opponent, I believe he was a, a, a tiger. Uh-huh. Two first names, initials M and M. M and M. M and M. Michael. Mac. Michael. Uh, uh, his Michael brother Mike. was a cast member on the comedy company who essayed the Mark, famous uh, character Mi- uh, Mike, Mitchell. Mike, Mi- Mark Mitchell. Ma- Mark. Mike Mitchell. Michael Mitchell. Michael Mitchell. Yeah, brother of Mark Mitchell. Yeah. You knew that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why it took me a couple of days to get to that fucking yeah. answer. Nice. Uh, what's his favourite drink? And okay, like, great. I mean, look, you, you, is you'll this have an alcoholic. But this is drink. Uh, no. Yeah. This is the kind of thing I imagine um, uh, Matt Rowell drinks. This yeah. is a very Matt Rowell type answer. It's a it's a it's a milkshake. Yeah. It's adorable. It's a flavour of milkshake. Yeah. Um, strawberry milkshake. No. Uh, You'll get it in four guesses. Okay. Just go for the, the, the yeah. obvious one. Chocolate ones. milkshake? No. Vanilla milkshake? No. <laughs> um, banana milkshake? No. Oh. Um, Sweeter. Uh, it feels like uh, chocolate's poor cousin. Um, caramel? A caramel milkshake. Caramel. Really? He loves a caramel milkshake, oh. yeah. His favourite food, um, well, appropriate that he would go on to coach Hawthorne considering one of their former coaches was one of these. Oh, um, uh, one of their former coaches is one of these. And it's his favourite meal. A a delicious shellfish. Yeah. Um, A a shellfish is a... 
Hawthorne coach, shellfish. He's a shellfish. People are screaming at their phones right now. Uh, Ga- Gary, Gary Lobster, Stephen, <laughs> Stephen, <laughs> Stephen Abalone, <Stephen> Crab. <laughs> Wasn't there a there was a, a player called Austin Crab? Austin, Didn't he yeah, sorry, the, Austin Crab. Yeah, <laughs> he's the play for the Cats. Austin Crab. No, um, think about uh, Hawthorne's. Uh, who was their dynamic coach in the eighties? Uh, Hawthorne's dynamic coach in the eighties. Coach St Kilda to their first and only premiership, and then went on to coach Hawthorne all through the eighties. Won them like multiple flags. Alan Jeans, whose nickname was. Yabby. Oh, man. Did you not know that? Well, I, so I, I got very confused by your clue. Is <laughs> the truth. <laughs> because I was taught one of the coaches' names was like… Was Lobster. And I'm like going through my head. I'm like, like Alan… I'm like, I'm like literally like eight times tried to work out if Jeans like was secretly like a seafood. Like in my head, I'm like, am I saying it wrong? Or like, because I'm a vegetarian, so maybe there is some like oh, yeah. new fish called a Jeans or something. Like I, I did know that, but Patrick I did not… My brain was not putting that together, no. He likes he likes curried yappies. Right. I should have said if Alan Jeans ate in an Indian restaurant, that might be. I better. don't think it would have. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's his favorite song? Um, it's a song by Jackson Brown. Oh, no. You had anybody know Jackson Brown? No, okay. not well. Stay by Jackson okay. Brown. His favorite movie is a Clint Eastwood western, not one of the more famous ones. A two word title. Mm. Um, you could say this about. <clears throat> If two meter Peter mm-hmm. was on a horse mm-hmm. and you didn't want to come in on his height, mm-hmm. you'd say, "Hey, look at that um, man on a horse." Oh, how about this? No, sorry. If Paddy Ryder, yeah. <laughs> okay. if Paddy Ryder yeah. got really ill, yeah. you might say, "Oh, uh, you look really sick, Ryder." Uh, pale, pale Ryder. Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now this is a classic. What was 80s era Clarko's favorite TV show? Oh, okay. And let's just say, let's just say, Clarko wasn't the only one who hated cats. Um, Alf, really? Alf. (laughs) He was a big fan of Alf. Wow. Name the sports men or women you admire most. Mm. He names a female tennis player and then Um, an Australian, a legendary Australian broadcaster. Okay. Um, uh, so, oh no, I guess this must be a different. Hang on, it's a sports person, it can't be the person I'm thinking of. Uh, someone who shares the name with Australian, a famous Australian broadcaster, mm, I should say. Okay, so all right, um, I am gonna say that it, so is the female an Australian? Yes, Yvonne, uh, no, American. Oh, okay, um, uh, is it a tennis player? Yes, is it, uh, I'm just trying to think of the era, is it Martina Navratilova? No. Uh, her, she, her first name could also be a boy's name. Mm. Is it uh, Paddy, Pat? No. Is it? No. Uh, Chris. Oh, Chris Everett. Chris Everett Lloyd. No, no? Ever, Everett, not Everett. Well, she was Chris Ever- Everett, Everett Lloyd. Not Everett. Everett. Yeah, okay. Well, Chris Everett Lloyd. Everett. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and the other person, I thought it was, um, he, he, I've just looked him up. He's an Australian rules footballer. Mm. He, re- he played for North Melbourne. Um, he shares a name with possibly the most famous Australian broadcaster 
ever. Alan McGilvray, uh, Bruce McAvaney. No, like re- recently retired. No, not, not sports broadcaster, just oh. like general media figure. He was a towering figure, especially in the Sydney radio market. Oh, um, El- Alan Jones? No, John Laws. Him. John Laws. Mm. Uh, there was a North Melbourne footballer called John okay. Law, which I did not know until two seconds ago. What does Clarko eat before a game? Um, what does Clarko eat before a game? Uh, this, this, it, it tracks. Like Clarko, just think about it. This is a guy who hates to lose. He yeah. loves to win. What is Clarko eating before a game? Nothing? Does he eat nothing before a game? Very little. Very little. Yeah. Maybe a couple yourself. of t- a couple of pieces of toast. Maybe. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to save some room to feast on my enemies. <laughs> yeah. What is your ambition in football? This is beautiful uh, for to- North Melbourne supporters listening. Uh, to coach North Melbourne to a premiership, to, to see North Melbourne, that, premiership, North Melbourne premiership, to be in a North Melbourne premiership. He did. I don't think he played in that night. He wasn't still playing in the 90s, was he? He went during the Wayne Carey era. Mm. Who has been the biggest influence? <laughs> I misread this, but who's been the biggest influence on in your career? Um, he names three. He names three. A group of people, a specific person, and then yeah. a his, coach. His, fam- his family? Correct. Uh... A specific person, his dad? His girlfriend. Oh, his girlfriend. And then the final person is a coach. He, a very um, famous North Melbourne figure and a lesser known Carlton figure. Famous North Melbourne figure as a coach. Dennis Pagan? Dennis Pagan. Dennis Pagan. But I misread that answer as being the biggest influence in your career is my family and my girlfriend, Dennis Pagan. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's a... It's like a scan of an old like of newspaper, and so it's a bit it's a bit warped where the comma is. So it just looks like he says, "My family and my girlfriend Dennis Pagan." My family, my girlfriend Dennis Pagan. I made my girlfriend change her name to Dennis Pagan. <laughs> I loved him that much. Uh, what's his favourite ground? Uh, Arden Street. Correct, and the MCG. There we have it. That is okay. Clarko's pocket profile, and. We've probably got just enough time, Will, to, to whip okay. through some um, uh, message in the mailbag. If you want to get in touch with us, you can at Two Guys One Cup AFL at uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I believe the Instagram didn't work for some reason. A bunch of people messaged me to say oh. so, but that's okay. Um, we've got a lot of love for Podcast Mike and his assessment of the game, so that's good. Um, got a lot of people accusing of, of Vic bias. I think sometimes we get tagged into like someone will post about something, oh, yeah, yeah, and they'll tag us in, and then like real footy fans will respond and attack. Us as if like we were the poster or like we agree with the sentiments. Like someone was talking about, you know, um, uh, like, oh, you know, uh, Colin would have got an unfair advantage playing at the MCG and they've tagged us. And then all these like Western Australian listeners of, or not listeners, just like footy followers have gone, they're fucking Victorian wankers and bias and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because so. I was going to say, like, even though both of us bury for Victorian teams, neither of us have lived in Victoria for decades and I mean, I'll just give you a sample. in the national competition. Metal Militia says they'll make sure there's a fucking Vic team in that fucking grand final. It's never been an Australian league. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it. I love it. The Brioles, it's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so Sarah says, if the Pies win the flag, do we get a national day of mourning? Um, I, I'd be happy to see Collingwood win the flag. If Collingwood, I think so too. I, I'd, I'd be happy to see any of the four teams remaining win the flag. That's the truth. I think they all would. I know that you are a bit anti-Geelong, but I, I think of the four teams remaining... It's a great story for any of them to win and I'd be happy for any of them. Like Collingwood, 
I, if I'm Sydney, I reckon Collingwood are about the only team that can beat Sydney, if that makes mm. sense. Like that doesn't mean that Collingwood would win the grand final, but I just think their style, yeah, I, f- I feel like they're going to go in very confident to that game. And that's at the M- and that's at the MCG, is it? Or not to no, the MCG? MCG, right? Yeah, so that'll um, make a difference. Uh, Pasha Bolka says, "Was it just me? It was the best moment of the whole week." And cheeky Jack trying to crawl through Mundy's legs for no reason whatsoever. Brilliantly Loved annoying. <laughs> Loved it. Just like uh-huh. this is the only way I can get out of this situation. <laughs> like and just making it feel like it was absolutely Mundy's fault. And with the age discrepancy, David Mundy was looking at him like, "I could be your dad." Like, yeah. I, I have a <laughs> toddler already. Like, <laughs> uh, Gumboy says, can you please help to convince the Brisbane Lions to put together a supercut of Chris Fagan hugging his players? It would be the most wholesome video ever produced on the internet. Yeah, I'm all for that. I've been loving the Fag's reactions after the final siren. Like, he chews gum like no man I've ever seen before. Like, the way he chews that gum. Like, he's trying he, to break it in half every time. I mean, like a... Like a smoking addict giving up, like a, yeah. like like Nicorette gum. It's just like that jaw. Like it's the- just grinding it to oblivion. <laughs> Boy. Uh, on the same vein, Lachlan says, do the Lions consider bringing an on-air medical bed and oxygen tent for Fagan next week? Uh, no, he's, he was remarkably calm during that game. Um, but, you know, maybe. If the Swans beat the Pies next week, will Eddie come out of hiding to, uh, to bring up the living away from home allowance? Nah, nah, I think it's... Uh, and final question, if you took one marquee player from each of the final four teams, who wins? All right, so let's oh, okay. play that. So, All right. um, so you take Who's, like Stewart, Stewart or Blitzars from Geelong, take... Um, uh, Jeremy Cameron from Geelong. Uh, take Jeremy Cameron from Geelong yeah. or Hawkins. I think yeah. I, well, it but, feels like Geelong can cover it the best. Yeah, but to um, me, Cameron is the like he's the absolute game changer. Like all those other yeah. players, I think you'd cover. Okay, for, well, yeah, we'll like, make it. We'll make it game changers. Take the goey from Collingwood. He was pretty good on the oh weekend. Oh my god, as well. he was really good, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, take away and who who's the game changer for the Swans? Is it like Chad Warner? Although he didn't really, none no. of their guns played well last week, and they still won. Yeah, it's hard to identify who their biggest game. Like, but if, if you were going to take someone out, that would be the biggest loss for them just going into a game. Who's their most important player? <sighs> well, I think their defence. So maybe Tom or Paddy McCartan, Isaac Heaney, Luke, Luke Parker. I think Luke Parker. Okay, Luke Parker is just that midfield bull, and then. Um, Brisbane lost Joe Denner, still won. Charlie Cameron, I guess, would be the biggest loss for them. He kicked three goals on the weekend. Yeah, although I, I can't say if, if Lockie Neal couldn't play, I don't know how they would be able oh, yeah. to win. Okay, yeah. So I reckon Geelong has got the greatest depth, if that's what the question's really getting at. Uh, Paul wants to know if Two Guys One Cup to, were, were to create an annual Two Guys One Cup award, what would it be? And would Jake Lever win this year? That's a good question. I mean, something stupid like that. <laughs> Like the most kind of the, the the most ridiculous moment, the the biggest brain fade. Yeah, I mean, goes one cup. I think so. Like, I mean, or, or just I, for me, it's like I mean, I still my favorite moment in the entire season was the mark that Joe Danaher flew for in Brisbane that night, where it just like the ball hit him in the head. Like his hands didn't even go anywhere near the ball. He just like went for a specky, and then it just smashed him in the face. That's like my favorite. That's my favorite moment from the season. Uh, Peter B. Hull says, is Richmondy a verb for all, re the Jake Lever moment? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think that was a fairly rich moment. Does that fit into disappointing or would you classify that as? It's definitely disappointing, right? Like, because it's a yeah. tantrum too. It's an entitled tantrum. <laughs> yes, like he had, a, right. he had a Karen moment. And if like, yeah. you know, like he really <laughs> he was, to the manager he was just of the like, AFL. this is bullshit. I'm not, I'm not going to settle for this at all. And you cannot, who do you think you are speaking to me like that? <laughs> uh, Helen says, I get the feeling neither the players nor BT enjoy Roaming Brian. What do you think? I'm happy to say I've never seen one edition of Roaming Brian. Have you? I saw uh, a little bit of it on the the other night when with Cam Rayner's dad. Did you see Cam Rayner's? Did, did you see any of that footage? Cam Rayner's dad was just like going very excited in the dressing rooms when they were doing Roaming Brian. And so like, He's just this Aussie bloke and he's just there in the middle of the dressing room screaming, get a big dog up here, as Brian goes by for roaming Brian. And then Brian just goes over to um, some of the Brisbane players and is like, Who, who's that? And they're like, oh, yeah, that's uh, that's Cam Rainer's old man. <laughs> he's pretty loose. And finally, this is off our a rarely uh, messaged face, uh, Facebook page. But yes, we are present on Facebook if you're so inclined. Um, this is from Ashley. As a Pi supporter, I am obviously loving this year's massive Collingwood turnaround story. However, we need to revisit the other massive Collingwood turnaround story, and that is Nathan Buckley's comedy yes. pivot. I mean, come Last on. night's best on ground yeah. sketch was Buck's home was Bucks's home coaching services, mm. complete with him taking his coaching services to the bedroom. <laughs> It had some real potential. How does Bucks take his comedy career to the? I mean, uh, Nick Revol and, uh, and Nathan Buckley, very similar in terms of how they presented on field, ultra serious, resting bitch face, just like ultra professionals. The fact that in the same year we've seen the two of them basically joined like the Second City improv group, <laughs> just become these 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 comedy uh, players. It's it's. It's staggering. I'm I, look. I'm, it might be too early to call it, but I'm going to say it. I believe that Nick Rewalt and Nathan Buckley are Australia's key and peel. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine though, if the next pivot is Nick Rewalt starts directing amazing genre films, just like <laughs> straight out of the block, social commentary. You know, influenced by Kubrick and Spielberg. Yeah, well, I mean, he has not? a haunting darkness like that. A couple of near premierships will have over your entire <laughs> life that he can just like constantly in his work in there in the background. <laughs> That's amazing. Like finally, St Kilda supporters would feel seen and represented in popular media. <laughs> Bucks, Bucks and Rui are funny on that show, and like as a pro as a professional comedian, I should be offended by it, right? But yeah. I think they're great. I find their sketches really funny. Do you think it is a case, though, of it's only because of knowing who they are and playing against type? Like, do you think that that will wear off next year? You're watching, you'll be like, ah. I don't know. Maybe. Like, certainly part of the appeal is that you can't believe that they're doing it. But, well, the, the annoying thing is, right, you and I started this podcast because it's like, oh, we'll be funny and we'll talk about football, thinking that was like our angle. But now you've got two footy experts who can be funny. Suddenly we are obsolete. Like point. what we thought we could bring to the table. <laughs> we, is now which was not like, much. And they're like, much. oh, no, we've got that covered too, actually. <laughs> we're fine. And we can be funny and we're experts <laughs> yeah, in what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's a good point to leave it. Uh, don't forget uh, Thursday afternoons, We although last time we did it Thursday night, our footy tips. So we'll be giving our prelim final tips on Thursday, keep an eye on our Instagram page to find out when that happens. It's all on Instagram Live. And go to tofop.com to check out our other 
great podcast. Uh, we do one called TOFOP. We're uh, banking a bunch of those at the moment. Had fun, recorded some today. And uh, we've got another one called FOFOP, which is where Will and I take turns to interview uh, people. I've got uh, comedian Cam Knight on this week, and that's a cracker as well. TOFOP.com to find all our podcasts. Uh, Will, you've got a TV show coming back soon, right? Oh, yeah. Question everything back on the ABC in a couple of weeks uh, or ABC iView after that. And also, um, we are doing a post-grand final live show with the boys from Junk Time, Adam and Michael, live on stage at the European Beer Cafe in Melbourne, 4 p.m. the Sunday after the grand final. I'll be there in person. Will will be phoning in. It'll be a bunch of laughs, but tickets are selling really fast. Um, there'll be a link in the episode description. Go to trybooking.com for more info. But for now, play on, not 15. Oh, well. We are to go.